Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Woo Agency Chat, a Do The Woo podcast show. This show is brought to you by GoDaddy. Build your client sites using the flexibility of a managed WooCommerce store from GoDaddy. Your clients will be able to sell everything they need with one solution. If your clients are looking to expand their site, you can deliver them a fully customized WooCommerce site. And Jetpack Manage. With Jetpack Manage, monitor client site security and performance and manage your client's sites all in one place. Get notified if a Woo store needs attention, ensuring your time is managed effectively and your clients remain happy. Tell you more about our sponsors later in the show, but let's listen in as Robbie and Robert kick off the year with some predictions around AI, accessibility, security, and privacy as we move into 2024. Hello, and welcome to Do The Woo. My name is Robbie Adair. I'm with OS Training, and today we're doing an agency chat, Do The Woo. And I have my co-host here, my partner in crime, Robert Jacoby. Robert, Happy New Year. It's a Happy New Year. It's a brand new year. No crimes have been committed yet. Because we were only a couple of days in. No. <laughs> well, actually, we're <laughs> more than that. But <laughs> you still got time. Don't worry, Robert. You can make January. I know you can. <laughs> So today, actually, Robert and I are just going to be chatting. We're going to be chatting about what what we are thinking about 2024 and what we think will be kind of some of the, the hot topics that are going to come up this year and things that we're going to predict some things. We're not going by what was already predicted by everyone. <laughs> this is just our take on it. So goodness knows what this could be about. Probably coffee. I'd like to think that we're going to we're going to drive uh agencies to new growth and spectacular success by what we say in the next 25 minutes. Wow. No pressure. No pressure at all. Or not. Yes. (laughs) No. So no. So seriously, I mean, you work with agencies. I also own an agency, not just my training company. So yeah, agencies, what are we thinking about this year? And you know, a lot of agencies try to, the founders, the leadership, try to kind of gather together in December and think about the new year. But we've all been so busy since pandemic, I feel like. It has been very difficult to have those little planning sessions. And so a lot of times now I find I do my planning session the first week of the new year, not the end of last year. And and honestly, so we can prepare everyone for 2025 those planning sh- sessions should be starting in like October and, and November, because by the time you get all the stakeholders in place thinking about the next year, you really don't want to be two weeks into January, uh, you know, thinking about, oh my gosh, we got to do, what's our plan? What's our marketing plan? What's our strategy? You know, who are we looking at from a vertical basis? Where did we succeed last year? And how do we want to take advantage of that kind of market and what other markets can we explore? Exactly. And, you know, it's the planning of the marketing is only part of it to me, because also as an agency owner, the other thing that I always try to do every year is review all of my tools and subscriptions and things like that, that I've got, you know, you've all got this handful of tools that you use every day, but then you also have all these tools that you bought going, I'm going to use that. And then you got busy, you didn't, or maybe you really did. And it became one of those vital tools, but you have to keep looking. And now I feel like 
that's even harder because we have so many new tools. AI has exploded in the last couple of years here, and it's exploded into all of these different tool sets that we're looking at as agency owners. And so I usually would review most of the tools, but I found myself having to like send that over to some of the team members and I would just be like, this looks awesome, but I don't even have time to set up a trial account. I want you to do it and then report back and tell me. And so, <laughs> I mean, there's just so many tools now to to look at. It's crazy. Uh, the, the, a the ARI floodgates are ridiculously wide open and, you know, it, you know, if you're in WordPress or SAS or open source, obviously WooCommerce, uh, everyone has solutions like we're empowered, super uh, charged by blah, 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 by AI. And um, ironically, because over the holidays, it's been fun to play with a lot. It's, you could probably do a lot of that in-house and then have your own suite of services without you know having 3000 subscriptions anything from $5 to 100,000 a month with chat gpt4 and the ability to create your own gpts oh my gosh that's crazy cool i mean just like from a little geeky perspective like oh so i can upload a whole bunch of documents whole bunch of code whatnot and say rewrite this all for this kind of client or even go to LinkedIn, get that client's profile, and put that in as you know a document that for your special proposal generator. There's some cool stuff in there that you really don't need a lot of SaaS providers for. I mean, I'm not going to poo-poo them, but I mean, the tools built into just OpenAI are are quite amazing. And I think if you haven't looked at it by the end of last year, you have to look at it this year. Oh, 100%. If you don't, if you do not have a chat GPT account, it, it, like stop listening to this right now. Just stop listening to it and go set up your account. I mean, <laughs> literally, that's, it's that important. It's that important. Even if you don't find a way to use it in your day-to-day task, it is that important that you understand it and you know what your clients are doing. Cause I can guarantee you, they probably are using it too. To your point about tools, it's not just what you're using. It's knowing what's out there and like you just said, your competitors might be using those tools. And it can be anything from workflow to testing automation to AI, of course, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I actually have one of my uh, good clients is out at CES. And, I, and I'm looking, there's an AI device that I want to buy. And I've started to go ahead and buy it. But I was like, wait, my client's going to be at CES. I'm going to having just scope it out and see if they've got a discount coupon because they're always good about that at CES. And so I was like, I'll just see if they have a discount. And if not, I'll order it afterwards at full price. But anyway, <clears throat> there's such cool stuff. Now, to me, I like that you're starting to see AI pulled into your tools that you use anyway. And I find that those little pointed uses of AI are going to be where I think most people find the most value um, because it's built into what they're already using. You know, like I'll use, I'll just use Elementor as an example right now, right? So they've started putting in little pieces of AI throughout, but it's very pointed. It does one little purpose. So people don't get lost. Cause I will say that is the problem with some people who go into like, 
you know, the just chat GBT and they're just like, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what, how to, you know, they don't know how to hone it in. And so they're getting a lot of the hallucinations and things and they're like, oh, this doesn't work. But when you start pointing AI into very specific niche purposes, or like you said, making your custom GPTs, then you find much more value out of it, I feel like. And so it's going to be interesting to just see where all the tools are coming in. And I think for Woo, this is going to be a, a huge thing because AI, one of the, to me, one of the big beauties of AI is that it handles large data sets so much faster than we can. And so that's where I find that we're going to see in like large e-commerce stores and things, this is going to be an invaluable tool for, even if it's nothing more than I, you know, I want to go through and do comparisons on, on uh, data sets, or I want to do enhancements on a certain column in a data set because it can do it so quickly. That's where we're going to see the speed improvement for e-commerce. And I think the smart agencies will be bundling uh, in AI research for their customers, how to make the e-commerce journey stronger, faster, smarter, everything. And you can do that with looking at your immediate customers, portfolio of products, solutions, services, comparing them to you know your top three direct competitors. Yeah, a little legwork, throw it all in a spreadsheet. And then you upload your spreadsheet to OpenAI and it's just like, okay, we figured out where the connections are so you don't have to spend, you know, a week doing it on your own. Building your own GPTs has kind of blown me away as a use case because you can really focus in on your niche, your specialties, um, your market, and uh, you know create create your own content that only you can use. So again, it's not like necessarily going out to the rest of the world. So you know, yes, there can be you know OS training specific content that you know you put in there and get responses back to you from, you know, this weird cloud genius. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say that we are working on something, but we might be. Um, I mean, when you're talking about like ours is a lot of video content, right? So it's mainly video content, but every video has a transcript. Now transcripts, if you don't have your transcript done yet, some of these AI tools that are doing the transcripts are way better than just the auto transcript that we've seen on on YouTube. You know, I mean, which was kind of the de facto. A lot of us used that one because it was free. It was probably one of the better ones out there. But now with the AI tools, holy mackerel, some of these AI tools are just amazing with their transcription. Like, I'm surprised they know certain words. I'm like, and so it's using that AI knowledge of listening to the content of what people are talking about to know which spelling of a certain word they really meant. And so it's really improved those uh, drastically. So now you can get content in air quotes there out of all your video to then put in a custom GPT to say, Hey, I want to search. I'm looking how to do this. And it looks and goes, Oh, well this video in this video series shows you how to do that. And so it, it, it is actually, in, it's speeding up the time that it takes us to do those type of things now <clears throat> to get transcriptions and such. Oh, and let's be really crazy. And now you can have it in uh, Swahili, Japanese, German, Spanish, uh, you know, all within 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And that that happens for for everything that you want to do too. So, uh, if you want to 
also do social media posts in all of those different languages. You know, mixing this all together, we say, oh, we have a store in Woo and we want to do social media posts. We want to feature different products in our posts that are out there. Well, now I can do a very quick data dump, mix that in and say, here's the links, here's the descriptions. And it can then go and say, okay, I've written, you know, 150 posts for you now. And it can even schedule them for you if you want. I mean, you want to. Now, here's the thing I will say, because I speak about AI at a lot of events too. And this is the first thing I'm going to tell everyone is please check the work the AI produces. (laughs) (laughs) Please just check it. It's not going to be perfect. It's just that it's going to speed your time up. All you're doing is checking afterwards and maybe making some changes. You'll find things that are incorrect or you'll think, well, this would be better this way. Because it it, it is getting better at mimicking voices, meaning you have a certain voice for your your e-commerce store. And maybe it's fun and lively and that's voice. A voice, not not like audio voice, but voice of how you write things. Yes. I want to make that clear for everyone. Yes, yes, thank you. Yes, your brand voice. (laughs) Exactly. The brand voice, it's getting very good at trying to learn a brand voice and mimic it back, which is nice. And you're even seeing uh, like Canva, people use Canva all the time for this. The AI tools that Canva's brought in are actually very helpful. Even if it's as simple as change the format, this is an Instagram square and I want to make it uh, horizontal to put on my Facebook cover. It can actually manipulate that graphic for you and change it for you. So this is saving time, right? So total tangent. And I'm mm-hmm. so glad we don't like even try to like prepare for these things. You and I both come from the Joomla world, which was very multilingual. I, I would almost say multilingual first. Mm-hmm. Yes. Part of you know the Gutenberg plan, so phase four is to add multilingual. Uh can we just skip that whole thing by implementing good AI? Well, I do think that AI we're gonna see <clears throat> AI is going to speed up the process of multilingual for a lot of people out there, for uh for companies, for even websites now there and, and we're seeing it in video as well. So, I mean, just like we had a great example at state of the word, they recorded Josepha in English and then they translated it to Spanish and she looked like she was speaking Spanish fluently. <laughs> There's, you can tell still, you can tell when they manipulated <laughs> those videos, you can, but it's getting better and it's getting much, much better. And you're going to see it get even better <laughs> over the next few years. It, it's a lot better than the uh, Godzilla uh, movies from like 1978. Yes, I'm dating myself, but you know, where, where the lips don't even have any chance of catching up with the content. Correct. But it is going to open doors for us. Now, of course, I always tell people, I'm like, multilingual is great if you have a need for multilingual, but otherwise you might be getting yourself into trouble if you're just trying to be, I'm going to just put everything out there in five languages. But if you really don't have a need for it, as well as you don't have... Even if you use AI to translate, you need a real translator to double check these things, please, because you can really get yourself in just using automated tools for translation. So you do need a native speaker. I'm just thinking of all the hard work that went into creating an infrastructure in in Joomla that could be uh, actually completely skipped in WordPress and WooCommerce by using tools that are, are trained really well versus actually making sure you have 
extra tables, extra rows, extra columns, uh, you know, all this stuff, which, you know, 20 years ago, 25, wow, 25 years ago, what year is it? Oh my gosh, I'm going to go with 20 years ago. That just makes me feel slightly better. Uh, but, you know, you know, 20 years ago, that was a ton of hard work to make sure that, you know, content, you know, across a website could be tagged as there are additional languages that are associated with that, this piece of content. You know, I'll make a crazy prediction that uh, phase four of Gutenberg with the multilingual will, will never happen because AI will uh, beat Gutenberg to the punch. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that would save a lot of people a lot of work. So that would be great. Then they could add a different phase four on and they could still improve things. They could just do something different. You're right. That would be really cool. Well, I like that prediction there, Robert. And I bet you there's a lot of people that are hoping, hoping you are correct because that would save them a lot of time. Hold on. Let me hit my uh, Star Trek uh, uh, button on my chest to uh, tell the computer to make that happen. That's right. Make it so. Make <laughs> yes, number one <laughs> or number zero. I guess I'm number one in this uh, this conversation. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're going to be number one now. <laughs> I'll be the captain. Thank you very much. Thank you for flying. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some other things that we know we've seen it growing over the last few years, which is accessibility. It has become a hotter and hotter topic. Europe hit it first, I will say. <clears throat> they really got you know crunched down on it before we did, but it's happening here. Last year, we saw so many laws in the U.S. being proposed or passed, and there's so many more. So what are your predictions on accessibility this year, Robert? Uh, I have an acronym for 2024. It's ASP, like the snake. It'll bite you in your ass if you don't get it done. It's accessibility, security, and privacy. Oh, oh, there you go. I like it, ASP. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah, cover your ASP this year. I like it. Sorry, Bob. You know, do the will be get in trouble for using, you know, three or four letter words. <laughs> Well, no, I, I think that's fantastic advice for people because you're right. Accessibility, we know it's important. We know it is. It is. We're starting to see more lawsuits happen. We're seeing more laws passed, and so this is going to be a a ongoing battle, is what I'll call it, for people to get their accessibility in order. Um, you know, we're you probably. You just like me talk to Bet or or Amber. These are our accessibility experts that we see out there, and um, they're they've been saying this for years. I'll give them that. They've been telling us for years we need to get prepared. But I find also both of them are proposing some really cool ideas that agencies can start grasping onto. There's tools. Amber's company has a tool out there. And then you also have I think Bet's company is offering like a monthly service. So there's some some accessibility answers out there for agencies without the agency having to become the accessibility expert, I feel like. And that's where, again, these tool sets that, that we're seeing, they have to be examined by the agencies and they need to pick what they're going to do and how they're going to guide their clients through this accessibility mess. Um, and I call it a mess because I still say years and years ago, when we made the, the, the decision to not make XML required in our code base in HTML. 
that I think we made a big, big mistake and we've made this, we've made everything more difficult for us, accessibility, searching, things like that. Whereas if we had, when we had HTML1 and we had XML1, if we had just said, we're going to make people use XML so that their code is more proper and it actually describes the content in there, it would have solved all this. But there you go. That was me years ago. That was my prediction that XML was going to be required so that we could have very structured data on the web. I lost that prediction. (laughs) You and that semantic web nonsense. How dare you? (laughs) I know. Semantics. Imagine, imagine, imagine if like when I have the word JAWS in a H1, if instead of it just being H1 JAWS, it was like the XML proper where it had, you know, type movie. I mean, hello. (laughs) It was such a simple solution to make all of our lives easier now, but we didn't go down that path. So here we are. Now we're having to like reverse engineer XML descriptors in and things like that. So so uh, for our Woo Agency listeners, uh, yeah, tag your content correctly. Uh, you know, whether it's XML or whatnot, you know, the semantic web lives most importantly at the search engine universe. Google cares about, you know, defining and uh, e- explaining your semantic content. So whether there's a standard or not, do it do it like you would for accessibility. That and and this is the irony of accessibility. Not only does it help folks who can't access the internet as easily as as they should, but it actually makes the quality of content on the internet better. So you know, Amber Hines, Beth Hannon, you know, in the words uh, WordPress space, WooCommerce space are doing tons of awesome work to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and it's, and at this point, Robert, you mentioned, yes, it's not only is it good for the accessibility tools that people have to use to read things properly to them and all that, but it also affects the way search engines list you. It also affects the way these AI bots are reading your content and then giving back information about it in AI tools. I mean, that, why do you think we're having hallucinations? Cause you know, Hey, we don't, it doesn't know. It says jaws. It could be about my jaws. It could be about your jaws. It could be about a shark. We don't know. And so, um, and so I do think that we're going to have to be more structured in our data just because of, uh, the AI tools are out there as well as I think we're going to have some new, uh, code pieces that we're going to be using that are also guides for these AI bots. They're going to be telling it, don't list this, do list this. You know, if you list this, you need to give credit for this. We're going to start seeing some of those tags coming into play, I think. Whether you're just starting to build that Woo shop for a client or looking to expand or scale an existing site, GoDaddy's e-commerce hosting solution is there for you and your projects. Expand a client store with access to thousands of extensions or scale big time with conversion tools, multiple staff accounts, an integrated POS, marketplace integrations, and discounted shipping rates, plus a lot more. And if you continue to manage your site or you hand it over to the client, a single dashboard gives powerful tools such as online sales tracking and easy auto sync for all the store's inventory across the entire site. Plus, software, plugins, and extensions will be kept up to date, and regression and other testing is done continually to avoid site breakage. 
With that all said, keep your client sites humming along with e-commerce hosting from GoDaddy at GoDaddy.com. Have you seen the newest product for agencies called Jetpack Manage? It's pretty cool with the power to take care of up to 1,000 sites where you can monitor client site security and performance, plus manage all your client sites in one place. It's great as you will get notified immediately if a Woo store needs attention. So you can get right on it with little downtime and keeping your clients happy. So simply go to jetpack.com forward slash manage to learn more. So prediction number two, prediction number one again was, you know, what's going to be a uh, uh, Gutenberg phase four since uh, AI is going to take over multilingual. Uh, prediction number two is, oh my God, I just lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> Everyone out there is hanging on with bated breath. I know. I, I, I like to like pump up the audience. It's like, you know, I'm opening for Robbie Ader. <laughs> uh, prediction number two is when you get data from your customers as a Woo agency, put it into XML spreadsheet, something format independent of you know the tool you're going to deploy into. Because then you can repurpose it for social media, for the actual WooCommerce website, for blog content, whatever. If the, you know, how do I not say something bad about WordPress, uh, WooCommerce when I really don't want to say it? Um, you know, WooCommerce is not going to support that kind of like structured data out of the box. As an agency, create your own structured data infrastructure so you can repurpose that data uh, across all these tools, WooCommerce being the most important, social media, AI again, you know, you have your structured data internally, you can have that translated internally, then have a professional double check it and whatnot, and and you're good to go. So uh, Matt Mullenweg talked about it, State of the Word in 2023 is about, you know, sort of liberating uh, data. Uh, this is one way you can do it right now uh, without, you know, a giant open source infrastructure to make it happen is just have uh, practice best practices internally as an agency to collect the data from your customers. You know, we, we're kind of, we, we do WordPress and WooCommerce in our agency. We also do Laravel though. We've done Joomla in the past. So we, we work in various open source solutions uh, for web and web applications, but we, we normally encourage the client to define when we start working with them, where is the source of truth for your data? There should always be a source of truth for your data. And sometimes, I mean, I could see how if you're just a web store, your source of truth could be your WooCommerce data. But that even then, I would encourage them to not do that. We always will encourage people to let us put together a little data management Laravel app or something, somewhere where you can have your data properly structured, 
you have a place where people can maintain it. You have a place where you can API because you probably also want to, you know, a lot of our clients have warehouses or manufacturing facilities. So this data about your products lives in a lot of places. And I do realize some people don't have that. They're just a web store and they just have their products listed in there. But many companies, they're using that product data in multiple uses. And so having one place though, that you could say is your source of truth, and then you pull into your woo, to me is always the much better solution. Always. So uh, you kind of said that you need that single source of truth to be able to repurpose it. And you mm-hmm. know, data liberation, uh, again, is sort of the, the, the uh, Matt's WordPress that's the that's the biggest thing I took from state of the word is data liberation. I'm a data dork. Uh, I love it. So you know how can we take uh, you know advantage of it? And you know worst case you, you created sort of a liberated data environment at your agency so you can repurpose that content across whatever it is. I exactly. Mean, you know if 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 in the ASP uh, the S of security you know it's also sharing. Um, you know, how can we as, you know, you know, open source WooCommerce folk uh, take advantage of the sharing environment of content? Because that's just going to drive revenue if you can get your products out to the right places. If you want your products out at the major news sources, you know, it, you know, to, obviously depends on the product. But, you know, let's go geeky products like, you know, uh, The Verge. You know, they're going to expect some kind of XML feed. So you can customize those feeds much more easily if you own the entire uh, content, single source of truth. Exactly. <clears throat> you can control that. Yes, absolutely. I We've been doing it for years with our clients, even, even like I said, years ago when we were building most of our stuff in Joomla, we still always encourage the client to have somewhere else where we had their data set up as a source of truth that we could access and pull over to the site. They could access and pull over into their systems. Or sometimes they already had a source of truth and that source of truth was in an internal system. But we always then encourage to have a, an outlet, like a, almost like a redundancy that we attach to the website versus attaching directly into their systems. So, And, and, and that's why you're the A-team in agencies. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because we love data. That's why. No, I, I I was always uh, I always like the I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> that was me. Animal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so let's talk about your other, your S. Let's talk about security. Oh my gosh, security! I tell you, oh, it's like it's like always the thorn in the agency side is making sure you try to do everything you can to be as secure as you can. But you know, there's always something that gets through. I feel like, but for agencies. Particularly, I feel like smaller agencies are just starting out. I think that some of these things like security, it's, it's, it's harder for them to start getting to that point where they're thinking about it immediately because they maybe they have smaller teams or whatever. And so they do need to be looking at this, though, because the amount of attacks is up. You probably know better than me because you're more in that hosting world and security world. So it's amazing though the percentages that I've seen out there. It, it's crazy how much more DDoS attacks and and bots that are out there that are mining information and things like that. I mean, uh, you know, security is that awful, boring thing like running payroll. 
And most you know agencies are not interested in running their own payroll. They're using a third-party service. Most agencies aren't all over the top of security. And how can you be? It changes like every, what, 36 hours? Uh, here's your, you know, zero day, you know, WordPress threat, you know, and, and folks like uh, PatchStack and WordFence do amazing jobs of, you know, keeping up the, you know, WordPress, the Woo community, WooCommerce community uh, up to date on what's going on. And, you know, and there's a ton of third party services uh, that hosting providers have. So, you know, make sure you're utilizing those services uh, from your hosting companies. Yeah, it's going to cost you an extra couple bucks a month for a site. And how many hours will it take to, you know, resolve uh, DNS, some kind of uh, bot spoofing, you know, all, all the crazy stuff that goes on? I mean, I, I, there are even new companies like uh, BotGuard out there that just focus on specific types of attacks. And, uh, you know, just being aware and and sort of just outsourcing security, I think, is a huge advantage, especially like you just said, new agency startups, because you're not going to have the time or resources to, to, to deal with that nonsense. Exactly. You're, you're not. And that, you know, it was years, I feel like in the making with our agency too, before I really felt confident in going into a client saying, yes, we have some good security protocols that we can put in place here. And these are, you know, tools that we can use to protect your site. I mean, obviously, we can't <clears throat> ever guarantee 100%. But if you're stacking up a bunch of tools that might help with this, like you said, you've got your, the, most of the hosting companies now do offer, or at least they've got a partnership with like a Security or a Cloudflare or something like that. Um, and now your company that you're talking about, their bot guard, that's more, I'm assuming they're more like of actually protecting against the bots, whereas Cloudflare is going to be more of a like a DDoS attack, or is it, or is it similar? Both of those are, similar type defense uh, mechanisms? I mean, there are so many different types of attacks. It's making sure that you can mitigate each one uh, as best you can. Uh, obviously, you want to push out. First of all, if you're an e-commerce site and you're not dealing with some kind of like edge caching, uh, well, you're, you're already asking for a world to hurt um, just because you want your, your content will perform better, but uh also, a lot of these edge caching services, Cloudflare obviously being the, the biggest one, um, will take care of some of those like uh, denial of service attacks. But then you got to look out for the sneaky little guys. That's right, sneaky little guys. That's what I said. Um, who are using bots to uh, take up all your inventory, to buy up all your tickets, you know, all that kind of weird stuff. So I think agencies as a whole need to start thinking about what are the other ways that their e-commerce, WooCommerce customers can be impacted by bad actors? Yeah. And it, oh, that's so funny you mentioned that. Okay. So I knew a guy who had a little <laughs> script that he ran, aka a bot, and he could go out and like buy up like front row Celine Dion tickets. <clears throat> and like, <clears throat> he just sent this bot out and he would like grab what he could and then he resell them, obviously. And also he was into like those really expensive, crazy custom tennis shoes or whatever. I don't know. The tennis shoe thing. I don't understand it. <laughs> they're not tennis shoes. They're kicks. Even that probably dates <clears throat> me. They're not probably kicks Oh my anymore. kicks. I was going to say, dude, it's not the seventies anymore. Oh my gosh. Kicks. 
<laughs> well, and, and probably tennis shoes is old too now. They're probably something else. I don't know, sneakers. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, he had a little bot and it would go out and it would buy it up. Well, and even during, okay, even during COVID, you had um, people were creating little bots that would go in and get you your COVID vaccine appointment. Yep. Like, well, it was so hard to find them. And it was like, people were running this bot. And one of my friends was like, oh, my friend got me an appointment with a bot. And I was like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I just can't do it inside of my own soul. But but what does that do your brand if you're that, like, you know, really cool, independent seller of something and all of a sudden your brand is being hijacked by, you know, global bots? Well, and these brands were like Walgreens and CVS and Kroger's, and it was all of the big brands that were running those crazy little schedulers that they threw up overnight. They like didn't have these, right? And so it was a brand new piece of software. They hadn't tested anything, definitely hadn't secured it for bots. And they, yeah, it, 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 like a lot of them, it took them down because there was so much activity hitting them at one time because it was like a DDoS attack from bots. And then others, it was just like they just couldn't even, like their own employees couldn't even go in and book people. And it was crazy. So, yeah, <clears throat> I think I think we will uh, probably see even more of that. I actually just sent this last week, I was sending some reports to clients. They're just their kind of overall basic uh, reporting, right? How many, how much traffic they had, how much of that traffic was bots. And I had one client, literally 10% of their traffic were bots this last month. I don't know what happened because they don't normally have that type of activity, but it was crazy. I was like, what happened? I, I don't know. I and mean, they must've just, been on somebody's target or maybe it was some content that they put up that really attracted them. I don't know, but it was a lot. 10%. Give me 30 seconds. I'll have uh, OpenAI make me a bot to, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, these I tools speed up everything. So, you know, bot mitigation with services like BotGuard or whoever else, um, mm -hmm. they become more important because anyone can just be like, dear ChatGPT, I would like to buy a bunch of shoes from Robbie's house. Her website address is blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And what would be the best way to set up the code to make this happen? In WordPress. So, you, you know, you could actually have uh, a WordPress plugin created that if you hack WordPress sites, could start being a, you know, Robbie's shoe shopper bot. Yes. Okay. So we did not just tell everyone on the internet that they could go make a malicious bot with ChatGPT, but he might have. <laughs> um, okay. That is like months, you know, that's months delayed. I'm not, this is not a, this shouldn't be a spoiler for anyone because people have been creating I know they've been doing it. Yes. Oh, I know. Oh, no. It's crazy. No, you're right. I mean, they've been using it for all kinds of malicious activities. So I just thought that was funny. I was like, oh, no. Let's let's stop those bots. <laughs> yes. let's I, I broke the internet but, today. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Robert <laughs> broke the internet and we're done. Okay. So let's talk about the last letter of your ASP, which is privacy. Uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean... Even I, that's like one of the last things I think about. And, and again, I think it's because that's all it's heavy hitters right now in Europe that are all about the privacy, right? That was GDPR really is really what it was about. And um, we're starting to see it happening here, though. California is always going to be our leader in the country for these type of uh, laws. So you are having to kind of keep your eyes open on it. But what do you foresee that we're going to we're going to uh, have to do this year for privacy, Robert? Uh, figure out how to live without uh, tracking cookies. I mean, Google has been talking about for a while that uh, 
they're going to tr- uh, change how they do uh, Google tracking via cookies. Uh, you know, GDPR is, is, you know, it should be for the most of us uh, a, a done deal. Uh, next is, you know, Data Protection Act. So how do we, you know, uh, whereas GDPR said these are the standards for what you can and can't do with citizens, uh, data protection is taking it one step further about, well, you really, just so you didn't, I'm going to paraphrase horribly, I'm not a lawyer, but all the data protection stuff says, just in case you didn't realize what we meant by GDPR, it pretty much means get rid of all the garbage that you don't need to actually just have someone uh, do regular business on your website. So we all need to start thinking about Boy, oh boy, that old school marketing. How does a WooCommerce website reach audience without being like a really creepy stalker? And bye-bye retargeting. I mean, you know. Yeah, what are we going to do now? You know, hey, it's January. You have plenty of time to reel out your uh, Facebook retargeting budget to something much more meaningful, like actually talking to humans that want to buy your product. So... While there was great scale, oh, don't get me started, Robbie. Um, while there was great scale <laughs> with being able to do that, I, I think we're starting it slowly. And whether twenty four is the year or not, going back to saying I have a good product, this is why you should buy my product, and I'm not stalking you across multiple social media services just so I know exactly the things you like, and that information and data will become less and less available to folks. And if you don't have a marketing plan to deal with that in 24, definitely for 25, the folks that have that in place are going to eat your lunch. Yep. And you know what I, I'll give you one of my predictions. And that is, I think that what we're going to need to do is have more video on web. Now that's not just because I do video. I love video, but what I love about video and it's becoming even more important nowadays is one, your customers do want to know the story. They want to know your story, why you even started your business. They want to know the story behind this product, why it even was invented and what it can do for me. And people want to see video. They have less patience to read that's gotten worse and worse and worse over the years, but they will consume video as we see, because they'll consume video on TikTok for hours on end, right? They'd like a short format, but they also like it to tell a story. People like stories. We always have, we're storytellers. Um, you know, people are story. We want to tell stories and we want to listen to stories. It's just built into our DNA. We, from when we were putting it on the sides of cave walls, we like to know the story behind things. And so I think we're going to see more video being incorporated even into e-com. So, I mean, and, and if you look at Amazon, they've been doing it right. I mean, one of the last things you've got a succession of photos and then you probably have a video. It may be a marketing video, but then there's going to be all these videos of here's so-and-so Bob un- unboxing. Oh, I used Bob. How funny. Bob unboxing a new microphone, you know, I mean, and it's, it's him. It's just Tim video and himself cutting it open with a box knife going like, Oh, Oh, this is some nice packaging, you know, and oh, this bill's heavy and sturdy. People love that because they can relate and they learn about that product and it will encourage them to buy your product. So I think we're going to see more of that. Video is an interesting medium to focus upon because all of the TVs, TV set-top boxes, your Apple TVs, your Chrome sticks, yada, yada, yada. I mean, almost all of that is now built into TV. Um, Yeah. It's easy to just be flicking through some videos 
on that. No one's going to be reading off their TV unless they're very, very strange. Exactly. The other thing that did do, Robert, though, for video is like with Hulu opening up their uh, advertising to individuals, I can go and set up an account now and I can actually purchase my media for my clients if I want to or myself. And I can have advertisements out there, which is why we're seeing some some really bad advertisements on some of the streaming services, but they are out there and you see it. That was the thing, right? They were seen, whether it was good content or bad content, they were seen. And so it is opening up a lot of marketing possibilities that, that were, were excluded to people who could afford the millions to get on broadcast television, right? Now with streaming services, you can actually get in with video content uh, advertising at a lot lower rate. And so it's it's opening up a, a whole new world of advertising, which is good because as you said, privacy is going to with like taking away cookies and actually just having to be more private with people's information, then it is going to change the way we market. The, the remarketing, in my opinion, also kind of got crazy. It, it, it is still, a li- it's, it is still creepy. And I understand the technology behind it. It still creeps me out whenever I open up my phone and go to a social media and they're giving me ads about what I just discussed with my friends last night over wine. And I'm getting ads about it. You know, I mean, this is crazy. We need to keep our offline discussions much more professional then because that's just scary. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So let me get a little finishing thought on that privacy thing, uh, marketing and stuff. Hey, guess what? Uh, multimedia has been doing this for a hundred years and only in the last, you know, 20 years have we had this like specificity where we can really track and stalk people. You know, it's, it's, it's just going to go into the, you know, typical media by world as it did for so much of, you know, time on radio and old school TV. And it's great that, uh, like you mentioned with Hulu, that people can start bidding for TV slots, maybe in specific geographies. Uh, that's cool. Um, and yeah, you might not be able to track everyone, you know, what they're doing throughout the day. I I think it's a plus plus all around. Yeah, me too. I mean, and, and, I mean, protecting privacy, that just helps all of us. I mean, I want my data protected as well, right? I mean, everybody wants their data protected. So privacy is, it is not, it's not a bad thing for web agencies to be thinking about because it's, it's protecting everyone. It protects their clients and it protects themselves. And so thinking about privacy in the way that you're setting up a website, especially if it is going to have e-commerce on it, because you've actually got some pretty valuable data about people, you've got to think about it. And if you don't know how to do it, there are agencies out there that can help you with that. And so do reach out if, and I say that same thing for security, for accessibility, if you can't do it all in-house as an agency, and we, I mean, we can't, we, we outsource a lot of different things because you can't be an expert on everything. Even if you're a large agency, if you're 125 employees, it still doesn't mean you might have somebody who really should be doing the accessibility and be, you know, the end all of your accessibility for clients. So I think that you've got to reach out and you've got to look at other services out there, make partnerships. If you have, you know, you know, if you find a company that you work well with, make a partnership there so that you can offer that service through their partnership, things like that. So. Yeah. A hundred percent of doctors can give me a flu shot. Uh, 0.01% can perform brain surgery on me. Correct. Correct. 
So awesome. Oh, cool. Well, so on our next agency chat, we will actually have someone from another agency. Uh, we won't just be uh, giving you our predictions here, but we are actually hoping that this year is going to be very good for all the agencies out there. We hope we see another uptick in our work and for everyone out there. And we'll try to get some good guests out here that can give you some pointers. And Robert is just like bouncing up and down to tell me something. Yes. Anyone who's going to work Camp Phoenix, uh, Robbie will be uh, speaking at a session. What's the title called again? Uh, speeding up your web develop or your web builds with AI. So I will be talking about AI and how you can use it to speed up your your builds uh, and work with clients and speed up that whole process with clients. And I will not be speaking about AI, but I will be roaming around. You'll be and there. giving Robbie grief. Yes. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yes. He'll just be causing mayhem and trouble. You're like that little, the guy from the insurance commercials, you know? <laughs> uh, Lima Emu? Lima Emu? Or the other? Oh, no. Uh, mayhem. No, no. When it's always uh, getting like beat up or blown up or yep. hit or whatever. You know, he's always got a black eye. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, and he was, he, he did a whole bunch of law and order criminal intent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not criminal yeah. intent. Uh, special victims unit. Yes. Yes, that guy. Don't forget also, though, Work Camp Asia is coming up as well, and Do the Woo is going to be there. Uh, you, Bob will be wandering around there as well. Uh, and then uh, CloudFest. I think you and Bob will both be at CloudFest. I'm still not, I'm not, I don't know yet. So we, there's lots. And please, as an agency, look at the schedule of events that are out there. Go to some of those events. If you can't do them all, don't. Go pick some of them and go to them, though, and network. Network with other agencies. Network with the all of these service providers and the SaaS product people and the plugins, go and network with all of them because it will make your agency better because you have those connections to reach out to. And at robertjacoby.com, we'll have a list of sort of the WordPress and uh, I'll call it WordPress ecosystem events that you should be at least looking at, if not going to. So obviously there'll be multiple cloud fests. There's the original in Germany. There'll be one in us in, uh, and May, early June, all the word camps. I'll be at that one. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> all the word camps. Oh, do the woo is actually a sponsor, by the way. I should have said that. Yep. Do the woo is a sponsor for word camp Asia. Um, a media sponsor. I think also one of the media sponsors at Cloudfest, right? Yeah, so Do the Woo is a sponsor at Asia and a media partner for CloudFest, at least the original in Germany. Uh, I'm going to assume, because once you're in the CloudFest universe, you'll probably be a CloudFest media sponsor in the U.S., whether you like it or not. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Well, we'll wrap this episode up. And uh, don't forget to catch the next episode of Do the Woo. Thanks so much, Robbie. Happy New Year. Well, some food for thought as an agency owner in today's show. In AI, it seems like a lot of things are moving forward at a very fast pace. But in privacy, maybe we are turning the clock back to a better time in a few different ways. In any case, much to pay attention to in the new year with ASP, as Robert noted. And thanks again to GoDaddy and Jetpack for their continued support. Please check them out at GoDaddy.com and Jetpack.com. Until the next time, keep on doing the woo. 